Lacey Gage from the Tangentialist blog digs up and discusses events and experiences from her own collaged history on having a stigmatized condition known as bipolar. She relates, reflects, and refocuses it into infectiously funny anecdotes and amusing stories that will have you in stitches. Being a roaming artist, a roaming distracted artist, that reinvents and reimagines her goals constantly, this podcast takes you down a twisting rabbit hole of icons and avenues, of slightly familiar yet offbeat occurrences. Join her every other week as she delves into her own bizarre memory banks, pulling out some eccentric moments that capture the intimacy on the ups and downs of this disorder, lived out in her electric days of her rebellious youth always have a beginning. And and I like to call this one dancing with applesauce because this is, this describes, I guess, sort of in a nutshell, what it was like for me as a child and, and how I chose to frame, frame me as a person, I guess. Um, I called it dancing with applesauce as this was a, a book I actually wanted to to write and I and I wrote some of it but it but again I got distracted but it was originally titled that because that was the very first memory that I remember with my parents or should I say my adopted parents is the very first time I really got in big trouble I spilled applesauce I remember the texture of the applesauce, I remember the texture and the color and the shape of the bowl. And I remember the the carpet and the color and also the texture of that and just how it really, really sunk deep in my, my core as, oh my gosh, this was such an outlandish, outrageous act that I just did that I spilled some applesauce. And well, I can't believe that had such an impact on me, but I think it kind of laid the groundwork for sort of not really behavior, but just how I kind of looked at, at people in my life and very important people anyway. So anyway, we'll meet, we will move forward into into my childhood and we'll talk about how chaos or madness, catastrophe, how these catalysts sort of how they started and, and where where I sort of took them in my life. And, and really, I'd like to say that they, of course, as they began with me, and I guess they begin with everybody. They always have a beginning. And dancing with applesauce, that is actually where I think mine actually started. We will go into that later, as I said, about who these people were in my life and what they ended up representing and how I continue to see them in a, in a, different, in a different light. We will fast forward to when I moved out east to eastern Ontario and how I sort of awkwardly finished elementary school. This was a uh, I found a difficult time because I was sort of a preteen, early teenager, and my, my body was, was going through quite a bit of changes and going to a different, almost almost different province felt like it to me. It was like three hours away, nothing I'd ever known before. I'd always been in in a very big city, and now I'd gone to a, quite a small town, and this was, this was quite a big change for, for me, especially someone going through puberty at that time. So we again, we fast forward, and during this time, I found it quite hard to settle. I was not recognizing anything. I didn't, I didn't recognize the, the area. I didn't recognize the people. Everything was new to me. School, though, I recognized was, was quite important to me. And I knew that I needed to continue to focus and, and just 
just keep keep doing what I'd done before and, and remembering how important that school was and just take the challenges and the and the the tests and everything and just just sort of focus on that because that's what I'd known before. But again, I went searching. This was, these were brand new friends that I had and they were supportive of me. Yet I, I, it didn't seem like they were genuine to me as they were, were still so new to me. And in this area, there was there was a blockhouse island and there was, there was lots of islands actually. And I just, at that time, I thought, okay, this is what, what I can be drawn to. This is, this can be my center. This is what I can, you know, this can be, this is something new, but I can, I can just use this as a tool as it's going to ground me. It's going to focus me, right? But it just, I found it ended up making me float away. And as soon as I met Jake, a dangerous man, or should I say, he should have been a boy in my early high school, sophomore, freshman years, he set my mischievous mind all abuzz. More on that later. Leaving my bakery job, which was only my first, very, my very first paid job, well, other than, of course, paper routes, we took off to BC, British Columbia, Canada. And it was a loose plan back then. I mean, I was what, I just turned 16. And I, I really didn't think it would actually happen. There was there was no roots, no contacts that I knew of out there. It, it all seemed just like a dream to me, like, oh my gosh, we're going out, we're going out to BC. How are we going to do this? We had no money. What were we going to do? It just it just seemed like such a far-fetched plan that I, I really didn't think it was going to take place. All I had was my vacation pay, and I, I didn't realize really realized that that is what we were going to use to get us out there. And what really cemented the, the trip was when we actually purchased a school bus, yellow or sort of orange Volkswagen bus. We found this through a supply teacher at my high school who actually wanted to sell it to us. And this is when I realized the trip was actually happening. This is when we were packing up and moving on and seeing our glorious nation. We started all of it with waterfalls. So we began in Niagara Falls, actually quite quite westerly and, and south of where we, we actually were. But we, we decided to start from there. And then we saw some, some lighthouses and uh, some rocky bays and with some glorious, amazingly turquoise-like waters in, in these, uh, these waterfronts around Georgian Bay. And then we went to some interesting campsites where we uh, met some really interesting and peculiar people. This is when we got to really experience the great outdoors of Canada, one province at a time. We, we ended up getting lost in Guelph of all places. And we just kept driving north out of, out of Ontario. And Northern Ontario is quite beautiful. It reminds me of almost like uh, Northern California and a little bit of I guess Alberta, but mostly northern northern California. It's just so so many nice hills and and rocky rocky like uh, streets that have been carved from the rock. It just seems so illuminated by by such wonderful sunsets and sunrises. There were also some caves that we actually actually sort of stumbled along on the way as we were leaving Ontario. And these caves that, that we found were actually in a sort of a big sort of blockbuster movie. The mountains are, are just absolutely magnificent. We found no downtown in Calgary. Actually, before that, we, we ended up getting a flat tire and I, I ended up hailing for help as the driver hid in the Volkswagen bus, which I thought was just ridiculous. But we had to do what we had to do. And I was quite vulnerable and innocent at that time. So I really didn't know, 
you know, that, that this probably wasn't such a good idea, but, but we, we did what we had to. And once we hit the prairies, it was just such a quiet place and space. It was so sleepy and so boring just to get across those two provinces. It took about nine hours. And then once we got to Alberta, coming over the landscape of the the great outdoors of Canada, or no, it was September of, of 95. Yeah, when we were sort of passing through the provinces and, and just finally getting across the the boring, really sleepy prairies. And, and we finally got into Alberta. It was really quite quite magical to actually finally arrive at Lake Louise and, and Banff. I mean, there's all this hype around these two cities, right? Just for, for sort of tourist sort of destination. And it's been, it's been you know, there's so many rumors and, and just, you know, it's, it's so popular among, among tourists as well as just Canadian citizens as a destination, right? So, so going out there, when we finally got there and we saw Lake Louise, it was just like, okay, it's just, it's just a big lake. And <laughs> there's really nothing. I mean, it's 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 very beautiful. I mean, I really did think Georgian Bay was actually more beautiful in some senses. Um, the, as I said before, the turquoise waters are just so spectacular, right? But Lake Louise, it was it was more of like a cobalt kind of color. Like it was it was you know it was it was deep. A deep lake, right? So it was. It and it's understandable why why the water was of a darker color. But when when we got there and and we was had all these expectations that it was just going to be such a phenomenal sort of place that we were going to be visiting, it was just like it was it was guaranteed to be a letdown, right? So and and Banff, well, Banff is is such a, a popular place to go. And and once we got there, it was just like it was so crowded. It was such a busy place. And we, I mean, it wasn't like a peak time. I don't know if September is, maybe it kind of is, but I thought it was kind of, you know, sort of tapering off. I thought more so this the summers were the, the peak time. But yeah, so September, it was it was late September and or mid to late September when we got there and and it was just it was like it was such a such a busy place to be and and there was there were so many sort of novelty places to go and and just a lot of shops and a lot of restaurants and I mean that's really good for for tourists and and for the for the location, right? For for the for the area. It's it's obviously really good for for that them, but it was just like we were at that point we, we were in the the Volkswagen bus for probably two and a half weeks at that point so we were getting sort of sick of each other sick of seeing each other <laughs> we were more focused or well, I was anyway focused on just like let's see all these great places in in Canada right I had this book with me and I was just sort of checking things off and I was I was just really excited about all the things that I was that I was seeing and I I was I remember writing sort of a four-page letter to myself about this this experience right I really don't know where that is right now but so we're going just on my memory this is what I remember as those two places they were as I said the expectations that we had that I had for them were were so high that I that I kind of knew there was no way that that they could live up to them but it was a great sort of preview sort of for Vancouver and BC and, and all the wonderful experiences and sites that we're going to begin to see as we as we kept traveling further west right because just it's British Columbia really is such
such a beautiful province for for Canada to have. So that's when the the mountains began to dominate the skyline. And I also began to freeze in the passenger seat. This is also when tensions began to build between me and the driver. We we began to have a bit of cabin fever as we'd been on the road for about three weeks. And I think this was 1995. And as soon as we began to see Vancouver... Actually, no. Before that, we saw Jasper. And once we got to Jasper, it was like, okay, we're almost there. As, as uh, the drive continued and, and it, there was the tension, but it, as soon as we began to see Vancouver come into view, it, it, was, it was just so, so wonderful that we, we'd actually gotten to our destination. And we stopped at a McDonald's where we met some other Volkswagen bus drivers. And we ended up talking with them for hours. And we decided that we would share a space with them. And me and the driver, we ended up fighting a lot. I ended up staying with some friends for a few days. And then when I came back, they had found a house and and I moved in. Um, but the tensions had built, even with these new friends that, that we had met, because obviously things had been said and, and uh, opinions had been, had been sort of hard-boiled as to, as to who they thought I was or who the driver had described me as and, and the things that are, had happened in our relationship and, and you know what he had admitted to them and what I obviously had no idea had, had been said. But again, I was toast. So when we broke up that winter of 95... I came home by bus, and thank you to Tom's neighbor, who saved me from starvation. When I got back to Ontario, I was expecting different news, and we'll get into that later. We thought we could work it out, and so I went back to BC, and we were in an apartment near the bay, which was redeeming. We moved, this was a a much smaller space, but we shared it with Fergie. And Fergie is actually the driver, his his uh, high school friend, a skater. So and being near Stanley Park was quite a positive experience. However, our clashing personalities and the wandering twilights of catastrophe caused our avalanche. I wanted to run. Adopting a new prerogative meant permission first. This chapter seemed to close abruptly and there was a lot of denial and we'll get into that more later on. And uh, to survive this ordeal, music and mad poets gave me balance. And where I drew on the strength and vulnerability, they, they inspired me to, to be single-minded with my goals. And this is what I will go into great deal with in the next episode, as I take you down another rabbit hole of my heady days of my rebellious youth, tripped up by disorder. Thank you, glorious humanoids, for tuning in. Folding up these anecdotes, I express them to you and I give them for you to enjoy and consider as I reflect and remodel and re-engage what the future has for me on these social platforms. See you next time on The Tangentialist. (laughs) 